Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am Paulette Reese-Denis, your tribal hostess, uh, your movement motivator, and your passion instigator. And I like to bring you exciting, inspiring entrepreneurs, authors, writers, teachers, healers, magicians, people who are making change in the world who are doing their passion, who are finding ways to create the life of their dreams, bringing good to the world, making change in the world, and also living their life to the fullest. And so today I get to bring you a friend of mine, Joy Stone. Hi, Joy. Hello. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> I just love your energy. I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm so happy to introduce all you people out there in Heart and Hustle Land to Joy, who is a magic maker, a healer, a life coach, a writer. This is your first book? Yes. First. first. My first book ever. You got it? You got, got it? it? Well, got yes, it? it's back here. I have the... <laughs> Should I grab it? Yeah, grab it. Okay, hold on one sec. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. If I'm I so cover. spiritual, why am I still so anxious? Yeah. So beautiful. I love the cover. It's a great cover too. So I Joy and it. I met because we were actually on a book writing team together and totally fell in love with each other and our books and helped each other publish the books. So her book came out the same day that my book came out. This, this little ditty. I love your cover. Oh my gosh. I t it turned out so good with it's my so friends good. painting here. And it was so fun to get to like, go back and forth with each other on our, we were sharing on our covers. Like, do you like this? Do you like this? Oh my goodness. So yeah. yeah, so good. And, and um, I'm just so excited for you and congratulations on the book. And we're both Amazon bestsellers and um, just doing such great work in the world. And Joy, you are just so beautiful and so amazing. And uh, why don't you tell our friends a little bit more about yourself? Oh. All right. Well, thank you for having me first. I mean, I'm so honored that you invited me here. And I have to say that when we met, we met in, well, we met on, in our community, our writing community, but then we met in person in Washington, D.C. at our uh, pre-book launch event, I guess it was. We just connected right away. And just, I just feel like we're going to be connected forever. And just your energy is so positive. I know all of your community knows that, but it's incredible. And uh, so again, thanks for having me. And well, about me, I am, you know, I, I boy, that's a big question. Tell them about me. <laughs> okay, where do I start? Well, okay, well, let's start. So you're a yogi, you're a yogi? Yes, so yeah. So I became a yoga teacher, gosh, 15 years ago. And I don't really teach the poses anymore. I started out, you know, in a teacher training you know, learning the poses. And what really got my heart though, was the philosophy mm. and the, just the, the teachings of yoga, how to take yoga into your daily life off of the yoga mat, even though being on our yoga mat is so important. Um, but that's really what inspired me. And so my path really led me to study with, you know, great, uh, yoga teachers mm. who were teaching the yoga sutra, the Bhagavad Gita, really diving into these teachings as a way to help me heal my experience around anxiety, which is why my book is titled, If I'm So Spiritual, Why Am I Still So Anxious? 
because I had been doing a lot of work on myself mm -hmm. up to that point. And I had experienced relief because, you know, I had been, I would, you know, practice yoga on my yoga mat or, you know, be in a meditation circle or in a workshop or whatever it would be. And I'd feel so good. And then I'd leave and I'd still feel good for a while, but eventually those old patterns mm. of, you know, anxiety of, you know, worry, fear of what others thought about me, not feeling good enough. And some of that came from my childhood experiences I had had. Um, but I wanted, I was really craving that like deep sort of, I, I talk about my book, that sort of deep contentment, freedom that I was reading about and that I knew existed. And so being labeled anxious or being labeled with, um, you know, I was labeled at 26 with post-traumatic stress disorder from, again, things that had happened when I was younger. And that label really inspired me to find mm -hmm. out more about myself, my true self. There's a, a quote by um, Krishnamurti. He says that when you tell a child the name of a bird, that the bird is the bird, he never sees the bird again. He just sees the name. He just sees that name of a bird. So mm -hmm. once we're labeled, once we're given this identity, mm -hmm. we start to see ourselves filtered through that diagnosis or that identity and we lose sight of who we are. Right. And it doesn't mean that we don't have to address that manifestation. But, but you I, are not your diagnosis. Right. You're not your diagnosis. And I think that that's a big it was, it's a powerful thing to know that. And also mm. it can feel controversial sometimes. I remember when I first started teaching that, or, because I was teaching from a place of my own experience and knowing, mm -hmm. I didn't want to discount what people were going through and the diagnosis, but we're not that because as soon as we start to think that we are almost all of our energy goes into treating that problem. And we know that what we focus on expands Right. So I was like, oh, well, no wonder my problem felt bigger. And, you know, I was getting that relief, but I wasn't getting that deep solution to it. So mm -hmm. today I, I can honestly say that. Do I experience anxious feelings sometimes? Do I have moments of worry or overwhelm or stress? Like, we, like yes, because it's, some, it's part of that human experience. And yet I'm not, I'm rooted in something else. And I don't consider myself with that diagnosis of anxiety anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's been, so I write about that in the book a lot. Yeah. 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 You have some good backstory in the book. You're a good storyteller. And I'm so, I'm always so intrigued with people's stories and even more now, way. more now. And the more that I write, the more I want to know people's stories. I want, I want these stories. And, and I was yeah. completely taken with your, your stories from your past and, and how you, developed and grew and changed and studied and healed and and everything that's made you who you are now right i mean that's yeah. we all do that yeah absolutely you know we all we all come from somewhere <laughs> absolutely we all go through things <laughs> yes and as we share them it's it's there's so much power in sharing them i was just um working i was filming some videos for my book program and i was talking about this idea of acharya and the yoga philosophy, there's this teaching, which is, um, you know, we might've heard the teaching guru before, or, you know, mm -hmm. the, the word guru, like mm -hmm. a high teacher. Mm -hmm. And in, in the philosophy that I study and, and, and teach, a guru is wonderful. A guru 
will make you feel good. Like you're around someone who's really enlightened or like awake mm-hmm. and it feels so good to be around. You just want to be around them more. You're like, wow. But you ask them, how did you get like that? And it's, they, they'll have a harder time describing how they got like that because a guru is really someone who was born that way. Mm. And so if you think about an acharya in the yoga philosophy, an acharya is someone who has become that way through their own struggle. So they can mm-hmm. tell you how they got okay. there. Sure. And so the analogy I give often is like my husband who, you know, when we go to a gathering, like way back when I was really, really feeling my anxiety, when I was really sort of stuck in that, um, we would go to gatherings or parties or whatever. And I would always worry, like if somebody said something, I'd read into it. And I think, oh, I wonder if like, they don't like us or do they think we're weird or, you know, all my anxiety assumptions would be coming up and Uh he'd look at me and go, what are you talking about? Like he had no idea how I could come to that conclusion. And I'd say, well, how do you not worry? How do you not worry what people think about you? And he'd go, I don't know. I just don't worry. So in other words, he's like a guru in that area. He's Uh just born that way. I know this because I do. But an acharya is someone who says, I felt like that too. I used to worry all the time and I don't anymore. And here's how I did it. And that is like, I think that that's like so beautiful that when we embrace our challenges, like you said, we embrace our story and our struggle, we see that, oh, we actually have a lot to give the world. We have a lot when we can own that. Oh, and you know, that's so good because so many people think they have nothing to offer. Yeah. And that to me is so, it's sad, you know, I mean, everybody's here for a reason. Everyone has a purpose. And it's what I always teach in my dance classes and in my coaching is like, we're all part of the big circle and everyone has um, an action or a purpose or a reason to be in that circle. And we all have something to give. But how many, how many times do people get squashed and they, they feel like nothing? They've either been taught they're nothing or they don't know how to, they don't know how to access that part of themselves. Yeah, no. And it's such a, it's such a, oh, it's such a journey. You know, and I think, you know, I I often refer back to yoga teaching because that's my passion, but it (laughs) does say in the yoga teaching that unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, right? How do we look at something? you know, opportunity problem, but it's most of us in this human condition will have to experience some form of a bottom. doesn't have to be really far down, but we have to, we will have to uh, encounter that wall, that finally that wall that Mm -hmm. says, oh, I can't, I can't keep doing it this way. Or I finally have to let my light out or I have to surrender this, but we don't do it when we're not that uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So the bottoms in our life, those moments of just complete, like, I don't know what to do can be really great doorways mm-hmm. and to embrace our, to let the light in. Right. Right. But I think that that is, it's such a journey to really, to really embrace all of who we are. And I remember years ago, you know, sitting with my teacher and a, a song song, a group I was in, and we were, we were studying the Bhagavad Gita. And this is an ancient text of you know, Hinduism and Eastern tradition. And it's, it stands for the Bhagavad Gita translates as the song of God or the song of our soul. Mm. And so in it, it says that it's better to fail, but you know, this word failure in, in our culture isn't, you know, we got to look at it differently, but that it's better to fail 
at living your own truth, your own dharma, than to succeed at another's dharma. Mm-hmm. And so we're taught to conform. We're taught to like look out and be like everybody else because we don't want to stand out and we don't want to look bad or we don't want to not be enough. Mm-hmm. But as we learn to embrace our own dharma and who we are, which is, again, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's so, you know, like I, I, I always say fly your freak flag. Yeah. You know, because if you feel different, you are different. We're all different. Yeah. We're all different. And that's, that's the beauty, you know? And I mean, and I, and I think I write about this in my book as, uh, you know, I, I used to try to help, um, or I used to volunteer at a kid's kid's home, a homeless shelter. Yeah. And they'd come in and they, you know, street kids and they're tattooed and, and they're different. And I'm like, yeah, but there's room for you. And so my purpose was to help them show them that, look, I can be this tattooed freak too, mm-hmm. you know, and be successful in career and life and doing what I want to do. Yeah. You know, and, and people are, they don't know that they can do that. Who who told you you couldn't do that? (laughs) You know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's that sort of, when we don't know what we don't know, Mm -hmm. that's a real Mm -hmm. part of it, but that's a real part of the, the process. That's a real part of the journey. And then somebody comes along like you in their lives and says, Hey, here's something you didn't know, but now I want you to know this. Yeah. And then they know it and they're like, oh, but now how do I, how do I move forward knowing this new information? And so many people, it's easier to go back to what we don't know, the back to the comfort. Yes. It takes, you know, a willingness to let our, you know, freak, what'd you call it? Your flag? Your freak flag. (laughs) Your freak flag shine, right? It takes that like, oh, Um, but yeah, we all have that. And, and. I remember, you know, for me, I always teach, you know, that universal principle of oneness first. And I know you, you know, love this too. And it's, we're all interconnected. We're all one at our essence. We're all part of something bigger. And yet we're, and to celebrate the differences. And if we could Mm. all practice that as a value and that, yeah, we're one, we're all this, we're all similar. And yet our differences are what we need to be celebrating. That's what, and that's what I love. Mm about the tradition I was studying and learning to help me overcome my own anxieties is because anxiety says I need to control everything and I need to control what you think about me. And I need to make sure that I don't stand out Mm. and that I don't make a mistake. And I don't, that, I mean, you know, when people who suffer with anxiety, it's constantly trying to navigate how I don't experience pain. They really don't want to experience Mm -hmm. pain and to Mm -hmm. stand out or to stand up for yourself. You know, we develop things like people pleasing, codependency, you know, other isms in our life. You know, I struggled with, you know, alcoholism in my younger years. And it's, you know, so it's all those things to try to do anything, but let my, let you see me, mm-hmm. you know. And which is what we really do want deep down is to be yeah. seen and to be heard. And yet we're afraid to get out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we do that? Right. Which is why you and I are both life coaches. <laughs> yes. It's so true. The best thing we could do is invest in ourselves and, and find, and we do need each other. We, we often might, you know, my early teacher would say, 
I can't, you know, you can't see the spinach in your own teeth, but I can see it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Okay. I, know, I love that. So it's like, yeah. he's, you know, at the time, you know, my teacher was, you know, Robert and he was, he was like, I can hold a mirror up just so that you can see the spinach. It doesn't mean like he can't take the spinach out for me. I know this is a gross analogy, but <laughs> I'm going to have to do some work and look at it and go, okay, I don't you know, want that anymore. Okay. I need to do something else, take an action, whatever it might be. But I, if I don't have a mirror, sometimes it's hard to see. And that's, what's great about mentoring or coaching or teaching yeah. is it's, if someone comes along and tells you exactly how to live your life, run fast. Um, but if they come along and help you, like, like we're doing as coaches and teachers to say, Hey, here's a perspective. Here's a way to, to think or believe, or here's a way to look at this old story and right. to build a new one. And that's really what change is. It's not sitting and staring at our old story. I used to do that for years. Well, how can I make not feel this way and still look at the old story when it's let that story go to sleep mm. and build a completely new story? For yourself because we can do that we can build a new experience from absolutely within. you can create anything you desire yeah and that's being able to allow yourself to envision allow yourself to dream allow yourself to desire and what is it you really do want to do and what do you really want to feel and and where do you want to be and oh you know i to to see people expand into their their fullness and their beauty and their passion. And, and I mean, that's my reward as a coach, right? Yeah. yeah it's wonderful to be able to help somebody and, and, and watch that and help them get clear, you know, like we had to do. And I know, I, you know, and I know you're the same, not teaching from a pedestal, not teaching from like, Oh, I, I have this all, you know, my life's perfect. It's like <laughs> we've walked these steps or these, this process and we're still in it. It's all, it's life. But, you know, when people will come to work with, with me, one of the first things is talking about what it is they really do want. And, and we hear this all the time in coaching, but people don't really know. And they know what they don't want. And in yoga, we call this a bhavana, which is that which can be seen with your whole self. Hmm. What do you really want to, like you said, feel? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And the conversation quickly falls back to, well, I know I don't want this anymore. I don't want to feel like that anymore. But that's not the same thing because that's still kind of just staring at the old pattern. Right. And what we don't want always presents a contrast to what we do want. So mm -hmm. it's getting clear on what do I want to feel? What do I want to believe? And I remember early on my, you know, one of my teachers, I used to feel as a yoga teacher and I was in the corporate world for 14 years before that. And for whatever reason, I had more confidence when I would go sell something else than getting up and revealing myself as a teacher, you know? So, but when I would, when I would get in front of class, I remember all my insecurities would just come right at the, right in the forefront and they would just be so noisy. And I would hear, you know, nobody cares what you say, Joy. They think you're stupid. This is boring class. Like they weren't saying that. I was saying that to myself. Sure. And I would go to my teacher and say, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that anymore. And it's like, well, how do you want to feel? He'd say, you know, and uh -huh. I'd say, well, I want to feel confident. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, I have no idea what that means. He says, you have to get clear on what does that look like when you walk in a room? How do you stand? How do you breathe? Exactly. What are you saying to yourself? And this was so helpful because then when I would walk in, 
instead of just pretending to be confident or hoping I'd feel confident, or I wonder when I'll feel confident, it's, oh, I have to walk in and actually tell myself a new story. So I would walk in and say, people are so happy that I'm here. People want to hear what I have to say. Nobody knew this was going on, but this, this, as I started to develop this new pattern, mm-hmm. and it is a pattern, it is a practice, I started to feel differently. I started to show up differently. I started to sound different. And it wasn't because I was staring at that old pattern trying to feel less anxious. I was mm-hmm. actually developing more confidence, and there's that distinction. Mm-hmm. So it's getting clear of what we do want and putting that into some concrete practice instead of a theory we're trying to right yeah yeah and it has to be i mean it has to be here and then it has to be here and it has to be you have to embody that thing too yes absolutely that's the whole self that's why i love yoga because it says you have to see it with your whole self Hmm. with enthusiasm like feeling is so powerful it's a vibration right so we have to see it with our whole self and it says the more that you see it the nearer you are to it. Now, this is like 2,500 years ago, ancient, ancient teachings that are teaching like law of attraction, basically, right? But right. it's the nearer, the more that you see it with your whole self and feel it, the nearer you are to that which you desire because mm-hmm. you can have that feeling of it as we know now. So, and then, yeah. And uh, what is it Wayne Dyer said? He, he switched around that one statement that the statement used to be, I'll believe it when I see it. And he says, I'll see it when I believe it. Yeah. It's like change. Yeah. Cause he has that really beautiful quote where he says, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Change. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's a, life's an inside out experience, you know? And, and, have, and it's so much about allowing yourself to be in that place. Yeah. Every day, yeah. every day choosing to be in that place. And it won't be perfect. You know, we'll have moments or days where we're like, whatever, you know, but to note to at least bring in that consciousness. Um, oftentimes what I tell, you know, or I share with my, my clients is that we're, we're in the practice of either celebrating who we are or remembering who we are, because mm. there'll be days where we feel like we're, we're kind of blocked and that happens. That's the human condition. It just happens to us. Sometimes cloaking happens like, ah, but if on those days, and this is why daily spiritual practice is so important. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, because you build that habit of, okay, this is the day where for whatever, and if I'm awake to it, I can see that old stories or thoughts are coming up. And to be in that practice of just remembering, even if you can't feel it, you're remembering there's a place in you that isn't suffering. There's a place in you that's free. And on the days that you do know, you just celebrate that. You're like, oh, okay. I love that. Remember the place in you that's free. You guys hear that out there? Remember the place in you that's free. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's always that place. So So good. Um, So good. So, Joy, uh, how'd you write this book? (laughs) The process we went through? No, I mean, what prompted you to write the book? Oh, okay. What What was your purpose or your reason or... Have you always been a writer or what was that for you? No, I haven't always been a writer. It's interesting. I, um, I mean, I've had a blog for a long time and written, okay. you know, but a writer officially writing a book. This book has been on my vision board for so long. Mm-hmm. So when I look back at my vision boards, I've had a book on there. And 
it was funny because in uh, December, either uh, November or December of, this is 2020, right? I was like, yeah. what year is this? Of 2019. <laughs> Last year. Oh, two years ago. Yeah. Of 2019. 2019. So I, I put on my vision board at the end, because I do them sort of at the end of the year. Um, I had a book cover on my vision board again, and I, I felt different about this one. I was like, I don't know. I feel different. And opportunities came into my life to write this book. And the reason I wrote it um, is because I want to start, you know, I think we, we all have a movement in us. <clears throat> you know, we all have a, like a movement or a purpose like we were talking about. And I feel that I went through what I went through because I want to, I want to teach other people that we don't just need to focus on the symptom relief of anxiety. Like so many people that I'm working with over the years and myself too, had that symptom relief. Like I had the deep breath. Okay. I could take a deep breath when I felt anxious or stressed. I learned how to reframe my thoughts. I had, you know, been to more yoga classes than most people ever will. I had taken more <laughs> workshops and invested thousands of dollars in trainings, which I totally love. And, I'm, and I advocate for anything that's helping us to know ourselves. <clears throat> but I wasn't, like I said, getting that relief. And so when I finally started to experience it years ago and have been on this new path of changing that paradigm from trying to fix myself to embracing myself, mm. to really mm. knowing myself. So there was a decision, was I going to keep trying to soothe my anxiety or was I actually going to start to become more connected to my joy? Those are different paths and they seem similar, but they're not. They're gonna mm -hmm. take you in different directions. So I had the symptom relief down. So my book is written for that person and who I wanted to talk to because I was that person even 12 years ago, right? I was like, I had all this symptom relief and all these spiritual tools and I had my toolbox full. And I wanted to write to that person that had that too, but knew there was more. Like this isn't it. This isn't where I wanted it to take me. I have relief, but I don't have freedom. Mm. I wanted to teach people there's freedom. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, and freedom isn't contingent on a bad day or a good day. It isn't, you know, it's, it's about how am I in relationship to who I truly am? Mm -hmm. And so I want to, this whole book is about teaching you to have a relationship to your, to your true self, whatever you call that. I call it your soul circle in my book. Mm -hmm. um, and to really reclaiming your joy because it's never been gone. Mm -hmm. It's never something you have to, you know, find, so to speak, you have to align with it and get to know it. But so it was, that's why I wrote it. I wanted a different book out there on anxiety because I have read so many of them and they're usually about the tactical kind of things you can do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, this is a really deep dive for the spiritual seeker who's been on a spiritual path like I was and am mm -hmm. and wanted to have freedom from anxiety. And I think that when we look at things like positive thinking or law of attraction or your thoughts create your reality, and this is a bold statement for me to say, but because I'm having to come out of my fear too, right? When we look at teachings like that, we believe in them and they're so powerful and we all practice them, especially I'm sure, you know, your, your community and my community. And yet we somehow say, but wait, anxiety or things like that is exempt. That's a condition. So that doesn't count. Like it's an mm. unconscious system schema in society. Like, well, I can't apply that to this because that's a diagnosis. That's how I was thinking for a lot of years early on. I was, you know, working on my life, but there was this thing of anxiety over here that I was having to deal with as if it was exempt 
from applying these actual principles to it. And so when I woke up to that, it's not. And the way that I teach about anxiety is that anxiety is a great messenger in our life, just like any suffering. Suffering is just a call that there's some misalignment within us. Right. And that's what anxiety is. So anxiety is, is, a, is a messenger that showing me where I am in relationship to myself. And so that's, that's my movement really is about shifting this paradigm around anxiety and its purpose in our life mm-hmm. and what we can do with it. And I think the biggest, the biggest uh, thing that you can do is, well, besides buy your book, <laughs> but for anybody out there is to ask for help. And that's the thing too. I think that's the, the, the step that so many people can't take. It's like, I don't know how to get help. I can't ask for help. I'm embarrassed to ask for help. I think I can do it by myself. I mean, there's a million and one reasons, right? Yes, absolutely. That's Uh, one of the biggest obstacles. And um, there's a chapter in both of our books about sort of the obstacles you'll face or some of the, you know, on your path. And we say, you know, different titles, but that is, that's the first obstacle that I write about in my book when I get to that chapter, because there will be people who, you know, won't ask for help because they think, like you said, I should have figured this out on my own. Why can't I figure this out? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I was in a place where I thought, you know, I was a yoga teacher, a positive psychology practitioner. I was a coach and I was teaching people and I was still secretly like struggling. And I was afraid to tell people even back then, you know, say 12 years ago, that's where I kind of hit a real turning point in my life. And wow, you know, though, when I started to really share little bits about it, mm-hmm. the response I got was incredible because people were like, oh, I'm feeling that way too. Or, oh, yeah. you know, we find out. But that idea that, and I think in Western culture, we're taught from a young age to be independent and figure it out and stand on your own two feet. Oh, totally. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, right? Wonder Woman here, right here. Yeah. I so we're taught that. I can do it exactly. all. So then when we ask for help, we're like, wait a minute, I should have figured this out. But it's like I said earlier, it's interconnectedness. And we can look to Eastern traditions. You know, Western traditions have beautiful, it's all, we, we marry it all and merge it all. It all has great things to teach us. But in Eastern tradition, especially in the yoga tradition, when it's healthy relationship, they really honor that student-teacher relationship. That student where you have, it's, it's kind of hardwired into their growing up where they always have an elder or a teacher oh. or the sages. And we don't have that in Western no, culture. We we're sure don't at all. I love that. That's beautiful. So even if we just think about it, like we're, it's having that Acharya or someone who's a little bit mm. further along the path in an area of our life, but we're, we're not taught to look at, we're taught to kind of figure it out on ourselves and compare ourselves and compete. And our esteem is based on how well we do out here, you know? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of schemas, a lot of societal and just deep rooted stuff that can keep us from that. But I love that. I think that's great. And I mean, I've always, I've always had, you know, coaches or therapists or teachers, or, you know, I've always had continued, continuing education in any, in any of those, you know, spiritual or physical or mental realms. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Cause I don't ever want to quit growing. I, I never want to stop. So I know it's so true. And we kind of almost like sometimes even at this conversation is reminding me of it, take it for granted or, or I'm so, I'm so open to that now, but remembering a time 
you know, when we're not like, oh my gosh, there was a time that's so long ago. Cause I've been in such a, a process of having teachers for so many years now. And I just, I always share, I don't know where I would be without my teachers. I mean, mm-hmm. having teachers is incredible. And yeah. also just reminding everyone that wherever you are in your life, you are a teacher to someone. Yes. Wherever you are, you might, you are an Acharya somewhere in your life. You, you're a little bit further along the path. That's all that means mm-hmm. that I think of it as like a little bit more perspective. I've gained a little bit more knowledge and experience in this area than maybe someone who would come work with me. But it, but they also have a little more knowledge and experience and expertise in an area where they can. So if we look at it away from the ego, like, oh, someone's teaching, you know, some people have a hang up about a therapist or a teacher or a coach because they should figure it out or mm-hmm. we don't need that. But if we get the ego out of the way and just say we all are teaching each other, we're all helping each other. And I think having a teacher helps us with the, the necessary practice and tool or ability in life. If, you're, if we're going to be successful in life, quote unquote, we have to be able to both give and receive. And having a teacher puts us in that place of being able to receive and we are giving to other people, but, but most time we have a hard time receiving. So being able to give and receive is incredible to allow someone to teach us, to allow someone to show us a new way Mm. to be open and receptive is a, is a tool we need. We need to practice that. Yeah. I think that's it right there. All right. Bam. <laughs> oh, oh, got it. oh, so good. So um, I know you have to run, but um, any other last words of wisdom? Oh boy. I say, you know, well, one thing I, that's, that helped me and people, we've heard this before, you know, I know your community is very, you know, they're, 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 they're diving deep all the time, but is this idea that life is happening from us and not to us. Mm. I just think that's really powerful to remember that on any given moment, like, I'm not seeing the world the way that it is. I'm seeing it as I am. And I always have, when I choose control over, you know, yoga calls it adhikara, our studentship over, how do I want to show up in this? How do I want to be in this situation? Because with so much happening right mm-hmm. now in our world too is, man, how do I want to show up today? We're not going to have it figured out perfectly, but if we just ask ourselves that, I can't control everything around me. But what I can do today is discern and choose and lean into how I want to be today in right. this situation and this moment, each moment too. So I think that's helpful. That's good. <laughs> that's <me>. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, darling. Thank you Hi. for spending some time with me. Thank you for having me. It's so sweet. And thank you everyone out in Heart and Hustle land. Thanks for being here for another episode. Thanking Joy Stone for being here. I thank you for being here, listening, watching, sharing. Uh, We always love to hear what your takeaways are, what your comments are. I'll give you all of Joy's contact info and her book info so you can get that book too. And get into her soul school. Uh, If that's what moves you right now and that's what you're needing, you know, asking for help, getting guidance, getting support, living your life to the fullest always. So until we meet again.